Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. My name is Pete. I am one of the pastors here. Super glad that you are here as well. We are in the grand series right now called Creators, Not Consumers. And the big idea for our series is that you're already made in the image of God to be a creator through creative love to change the world. And we're finishing up a mini-series today called Givers, Not Takers. And the idea here is that you have been made by God to be like God, a giver, not a person who's about take, take, take. And today we're going to talk about generosity in and through community. What is it that we can be most generous with? It is ourselves and everything that God has given us. Today's passage comes from Romans 12, and on our last Holy Spirit night, that's a once-a-month gathering of extended worship and a shorter message and time for prayer and community, I talked about uh, Romans 12, 1 through 1 and 2. Romans 12 is one of the grand, glorious, beautifulest chapters in all of the Bible, and Romans 12, 1 and 2 is about what God is asking of us in worship. And in my view, the rest of the chapter flows from these two verses and kind of shows us how to put wheels on what God is asking of us. And so I'm going to start off with Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so the big idea here, we give ourselves to God and God transforms us into a new person. He does that by changing how we think and then we start to know God's guidance which is good because God's vision is amazing. I don't know about you, but when there's a mountain in my life, I can't see the other side of it. Sometimes when there's a molehill in my life, I can't see the other side of it. The amazing thing about God is he knows everything and he sees past the mountains and the valleys and the twists and the turns. And so when we know God's will for our lives, it can be good and pleasing and perfect. And so for me, the rest of Romans 12 is about this passage and puts wheels on what God's inviting you into in a life of worship. Verse 3, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And so this starts off with a warning. The word of God inspired by God is speaking to you right here today. And this is speaking about a temptation that we all share in this life. We're going to be tempted again and again to think we're better than we are. Anybody identify with this temptation? I'm good at something and so I'm awesome. Other people aren't good at the same thing and therefore they are less awesome, right? The context of this temptation here is in the body of Christ. And I understand this temptation too. I have said this quite a few times. My church is the best church in the world. Just happens to be true from my vantage point, right? And so I can see why people get arrogant about their way of doing faith. But you know what? This is not the best church in the world to Jesus. Jesus loves the whole darn thing. 
And so the way we do faith seems totally good to me, but that doesn't mean everybody's called to do it our way. It's very easy to become self-justified because we know our own story better than anyone else's. We know why we do it the way we do it, and we believe in the way we do it, or we wouldn't be doing it that way. And so it's easy to fall into this trap in all of the things in our life of thinking that our way is better and therefore we are better. I'm better than other people because of my job or my values or my background or whatever it might be. But God challenges us and Paul is warning us, don't fall into that trap. You are never an island cut off from and better than everybody else. You are an equal part of something larger than you. When we follow Jesus, we actually belong to each other and every one of us has a role to play. And we might love our role the most because that's how we're made. And I hope you love your role the most. I hope you love what it is that God's given you to do in the body of Christ. But this never means that we don't need anyone else. Paul says we are Christ's body. That's kind of church language and it might be easy to skip over what that means, but it's a big deal. And I am reminded of a quote by St. Teresa of Avila. We read her for Theology Pub some years ago. And she says this, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. I think that's beautiful. Paul counters our temptation toward pride by asking us to remember whose we are and where we belong. We belong in Christ, and Christ lives in and through us. These are the stakes in giving ourselves to God. Paul continues in verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And so if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. Can we say amen? Teach well, pastor. Teach well. All right. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God's given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. The good news here is that you have been given gifts from God. There are things that God has built in to who you are to do well. The Bible's clear here and in another passage. This is true for every person when we follow Jesus. True worship doesn't mean doing something you're terrible at because you're supposed to. True worship is doing what God has gifted you to do the best that you can. And the language is generous here to our flawedness as humans. Speak out with as much faith as God has given you not more than God has given. It's actually in God's hands. If you're going to serve, serve well. If you're going to teach, teach well. Not perfectly, because we can't pull that off. Take the responsibility of leadership seriously and be kind gladly. 
And you notice a thing when you look at the gifts of God and the body of Christ. All our gifts are for service to others. All the gifts of God are meant to be given away. Sometimes I have a selfish voice inside of me, and maybe you do too. I want something that's just for me. But God understands way better than we do how we're made. There's things that benefit just us, certain uses of money, time to vegetate on the couch and watch Netflix, and so on. These things are never fulfilling in the long run. They can all be a help along the way, but they don't pay off in the end. And God's gifts are all better than these things. When we serve, we are reminded that we are needed. There is fulfillment in knowing you're meeting the needs of other people who depend on you. We're reminded that some people might be worse off than we are, even on a bad day and a bad week. Serving puts us in a place of gratitude and generosity, a place where we have enough to give. And we give of ourselves so that the whole body gets built up. And being in the body of Christ when we are all serving is a joy because you're made to serve in one or two primary ways and you give in those ways. And the 50 people around you serve you back in 50 or 100 other ways. There's nothing like knowing that the family of God has your back. I remember having a newborn baby and newly adopting twins, and people from the church came and delivered us meals, which helped us focus on things like bonding and caring and sleep. I remember when our adoption started off with the first girl we were going to adopt, who was so beautiful, and she died of a fever in Africa before we could get there. And people cared for us, and people did the praying for us, and people had hope and faith for us. And a friend from church gave us 50 bucks and said, go out to eat, and we did. And we talked about our grief and cried together for the first time. Serving helps us take our place in the body of Christ. It helps us use our gifts and be generous, and it helps us know the gifts and receive the gifts of so many other people. And so I'm here to ask you today, would you be willing to serve on a team here at River Heights Vineyard Church? Serving in your church honors the body of Christ, and in return, you're already being served 10 different ways every week. Someone welcomes you at the door Somebody cleaned this room. Somebody stuffed the bulletins. Someone's counting the offering. Some people are caring for our kids. God bless those people. And eventually, someone's going to make us an amazing cup of coffee. Could I get an amen? amen. It's going to be really nice. Someone's volunteering to run the sound, to do the video slides. People volunteer to play music. Often, volunteers are preaching here. The body of Christ is a place where we give out of God's gifts, and then we receive so much more than we have given. Paul continues sharing, in my view, putting wheels on chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and the next verse is about how to give ourselves to God and be transformed and know God's will. Verses 9 through 13, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. 
There's so much in Romans 12. You can see what I mean about it being like a lot. I think that you could preach Romans 12 for a year and have plenty to talk about. It says here to genuinely love people. I think there's a lot we could press into to the point of hating what's wrong and injustice and hold on tightly to every good thing that comes to us and to our family. And instead of being lazy, work hard and serve God. I want to land on this phrase because it really hits the big idea of our series, Creators Not Consumers. You're made in the image of God. You're made for creative love and power, not to take and take and take. And I love how Paul puts it here, never be lazy, work hard. God's actually made us to work like God who worked for six days as well as like God who rested for a full day afterward. And don't just work hard. Work hard and serve God enthusiastically. And so don't just do your job and be done. Do your job and then come be a part of the body of Christ. Serve God enthusiastically. Enthusiasm comes from en theos, which means in God. It's actually God in us that leads us to serve with enthusiasm. It's serving with a passion that comes from having Jesus and the Holy Spirit live through us. And Paul includes other commands here. Rejoice, be patient, keep praying, be ready to help God's people who are in need, and always welcome people with hospitality. To all of you who have made it through this pandemic with rejoicing and patience and prayer, well done. To all of you who have helped people in need through this season, God bless you. We honor your gifts. And to everyone here who has welcomed people with hospitality, you're an inspiration. The Bible says you may have entertained angels without even knowing. Many of us have struggled in any or many of these areas. And for us, the grace of God cover you. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. And today we have another chance to live in Christ, to have Christ live in us, to give ourselves to God and to be transformed however he wills. And right now at River Heights Vineyard, we have a special need for you to step up. Throughout this pandemic, we have been so amazed at how God has worked through this community. Loaves and Fishes has tripled their service to the community. We opened up this church way earlier than most churches, knowing what a risk it was because the suicide and relapse rate in the recovery community went up 250%. And we have a lot of folks in the recovery community in this church. And so we took a big risk because we felt the risk was worth it. And because you have worn your masks, because you have practiced the things we've asked, many of us not wanting to do so, we got people who have been against the whole thing, but have done it anyway, because of that, we haven't had any outbreaks here. And I want to thank you for that. This church's financial generosity has been so inspiring and awesome. It has enabled us to keep doing the work of God without having meetings about what we have to cut back on, as so many churches have. And your financial generosity has included people in need, like the 900 families we helped at Thanksgiving, and the Compassion Fund, which people give specifically toward has been so well supported that we have been able to help the people who've come to us in crisis. 
And like Paul asks in today's passage, so many of you have served. We've had greeters and people cleaning the building and worship teams, and so many more of you have helped us keep our doors open. You have helped us keep on being the church. Starting this week, we need much more help. We need many more of you to put your gifts into service here in the body of Christ at River Heights Vineyard. We have brought back Vineyard Kids, and I could not possibly be happier about that. And the hospitality of coffee and fruit are going to be coming back, and we all love that too. And as these things happen, vaccines are hitting more and more people, and more people are going to be coming here, and we're going to be growing again. So many of our kids have gone a year or more without being in church together, just like so many of us adults. And so we need volunteers right now. Vineyard Kids takes 80 volunteers a month. In all likelihood, we need volunteers now more than we have ever needed them. If you ever wonder, when would be a good time to serve in my church? Now! Now would be a very good time. I want to encourage those of you who have served but in the past, or who have tried serving briefly, or those who haven't even tried yet, take the leap, join one of our teams. And I want to ask and pray especially that you would join Vineyard Kids. These kids have missed school and friendship and being together in church, and we want to welcome them back with every gift that God has given to all of us. You might think Vineyard Kids is for people who especially love kids, and if you do, yes, that's great. Vineyard Kids Church is real church and needs every gift that the church has to offer. Adult church is for people who have lived a good chunk or maybe most of their lives already. I'm 50. I don't have all that many years left. Vineyard Kids is church for people who have their whole lives in front of them. Many are going to follow Jesus longer than I've been alive. And they need everything that God gives to and through the people of God in order to get there. Our hope today is that you will fill out the volunteer sign-up sheet that is in your program and looks like this. All y'all. Let us know where you could serve, because this is a make-or-break moment for our church. There's a prominent Christian polling firm that's found more people plan on coming to church when COVID is over than have ever been in church before. This pandemic has led to a spiritual awakening, as we've experienced in our alpha groups that introduce people to Jesus and the Christian faith life. So many people want to come back, and so many people want to come for the first time. And so I ask you, would you please consider serving in humility here? Would you help us welcome people back, welcome people for the first time by just being who God has made you to be? Christ's hands and feet and eyes and arms alongside those people who are already serving. And of course, we understand if you're not in a place where you can serve. We teach in Connect and Belong. That in good times, River Heights Vineyard is a place to serve and give and grow. And in bad times, River Heights Vineyard is a place to rest and recover and heal. And so we're not here to bag on you if this isn't the right time. But if you are able, would you please let us know that you are ready and willing today. And if you've been serving the whole time, please hear this. God bless you. God bless you. 
bless you for your service, for your generosity to and through and in this community. You have sustained us. You have kept us alive. You have kept us actually thriving through the most challenging season that we have faced for generations. Now, anytime I preach on a subject related to happiness, I read up on the latest research. I did so again this week. The Journal of Happiness just published a more than 20-year study of 70,000 people looking at volunteering and happiness, and all it says is the usual. Volunteering makes you live longer, reduces your risk of death, increases your physical health, makes you happier, connects you to other people, improves your work performance, and is correlated with an increase in salary, reduces the effects of stress in your life, reduces the effects of anger in your life, reduces the effect of anxiety in your life, and reduces the impact of depression on your life. And it's most effective if you volunteer at least once a month. And the less happy you are, the bigger the impact volunteering has on you. That's all. You can Google the effect of just about anything God asks of his people, and it's the very same story. I could just put that on a tape and replay it for generosity, service, volunteering, forgiveness, you name it. Because God made you. God knows what you're made for. You're made in God's image, and God gets it. And God knows the things he's asking of you are the very good, pleasing, and perfect things that God wants for you. In closing, Romans 12 has other beautiful verses, but we do not have time to cover all of Romans 12 because it's too good. And so the tips will include an invitation for you to read the rest of it on your own. I want to skip to the last verse in chapter 12. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Amen? The way we win in the world is not by kicking back and consuming. It's not by taking what we need. It is by being the creative, loving, generous people that God has already made you to be. You are in God's image. You're made for creative servant love just like our Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is for River Heights to be the place you grow in worship. That would be offering yourself to God, experiencing God's transformation in how you think, and learning to follow God's path in your everyday life. And so we close our service with music and prayer so that you can grow in worship. And I invite the worship team to come back on up forward. I invite you to stand as you're able and willing. We build our services to climax at offering ourselves to God week after week after week because of these verses, because this is what we see as the most important thing we can do to worship God. I have three tips for you to put the Word of God into practice this week, something to read, something to pray, something to do. Tip number one is read Romans 12. The thing is beautiful. Think about how verses 1 and 2 might relate to all the rest of Romans 12. Tip number two is pray for God to move through our community. Who's the body of Christ, people? We are. When we pray for God to move through our community, we're asking God to move us. Tip number three, sign up to volunteer on a team or pray for your team if you're already on one. I've just told you a bunch of really good things. I have to tell you another true thing. 
The big picture of volunteering is amazing, and the small picture of volunteering is a spiritual battle, just like exercise or eating right or going to church on a Sunday. In the big picture, your life gets so much better. And week to week, ah, why did I sign up? Now I have to go. I was up late last night. I should be sleeping. I got invited to a thing, right? So often, that's what service looks like. And it's easy when we're down here to see the little hill and not realize how great the thing God is inviting us into. And there's a name for this. It's called spiritual battle. It's the temptation to give up the good things of God and settle back in to just living for yourself. Your teams experience spiritual battle. As you volunteer, you will experience it. And so you can pray for your teams. And if you're on one, that will bless you too, right? Because you're a part of the team. God bless you to overcome the spiritual battle, to live the life that God has for you, to be the person God's made you to be in the image of God. I invite you to open your hands and offer yourself to God right now as we pray and transition into worship. God, we just want to offer ourselves to you again. Would you please take us as we are? Would you receive us right now, God? God, I pray that you would make us a people who are transformed by your voice in how we think. Make us a people who know your path and your ways, which are good and pleasing and perfect. Help us to win the spiritual battle, God, even though it's hard, even though so many things are in the way. Help us to live out the life that you have for us. Brothers and sisters, I affirm you are made in the image of God who loves you and has good things for you in everything he asks of you. Receive the Holy Spirit today. Amen. We'll worship together and the team will let us know when it's done. God bless you.